The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. For many of you, summer is not when you want to spend your time inside cooking. I get it. Grilling's a great option, but sometimes you just want ready-to-make items, and Lakewinds Co-op has some great ideas for getting not too fancy and getting food to the table in a hurry. They've got a new line of Nyman Ranch pre-cooked beer brats, and they've got shredded pork, too, that makes meal prep super easy. No nitrates, and the meat items are gluten-free, fully cooked, and ready to heat and eat. How about new local garlic skate pesto? This is my favorite, and it's in the frozen aisle. It's from seven Songs Organic Farm, and you use it like you would regular pesto, sautéed with asparagus, or you can use it on noodles, in rice, you can make an easy pasta salad for an easy dinner. Frozen made-from-scratch meals are also in the deli area at Lakewinds. They've got pizzas, soup, spinach pie, and more to store in your freezer so that you can have a grab-and-go meal when you need it. Right now, Lakewinds has these amazing frozen scone balls that you can bake in the oven. I used their ginger scones last week with some whipped cream and berries to make an easy strawberry shortcake and the berries are back you can also try rhubarb and cook it up for a delicious topping for ice cream scones yogurt or mixed into whipped cream if you can't make it to Lakewinds please visit your favorite neighborhood co-op and you can find Lakewinds in Minnetonka Chanhassen and Richfield with delivery from instacart at lakewinds.com to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk about food, fun, and everything possibly delicious and tasty and thirsty on My Talk 1071. A uh, lot of food to talk about today. We do. We always have a lot of food to talk about, I and know. it always makes me hungry. And I didn't eat anything this morning, and I didn't bring yogurt, and I forgot my like readers, so I'm blind and hungry. Welcome <laughs> to me right now. But I got to tell you, I, I, it's going to be a good day anyway. You sort of sound like my dog. Do I? I do. <laughs> like Nikki. I am. I'm all 15 oh, years old of her. Good morning. Um, okay, so we have a lot of things to cover today. We've got yes. uh, we have crazy amounts of you know good patio and restaurant talk. We've got we're talking ribs later. I'm so excited that we're going to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I decided to do a little rib talk. And then we're going to have uh, Chris and Chanel Montana from Dunor Distillery on, um, and I'm excited to talk to them and see how they're doing and how everything's going. But first, we got to talk about Bon Appetit because yes, I can't believe that do. all happened this week. Even I know, doesn't that feel like a thousand? Years ago. It does. It does. And I have to tell you that, you know, because I had been writing um, a couple online articles for them when I wrote the one about Pimento Kitchen, I was in the process of writing one about Chris and Montana and Dunord. Yeah. And so Monday morning, I had sent them an email. I'd sent them copy over the weekend. And then I was like, hey, just checking in, making sure you got it. And they're like, yeah, everything's great. We're going to re send that, you know, I'll do some edits and we'll send it back. And then all of a sudden it hit the fan. It was like, that was like the moment. And then all of a sudden they were dead quiet for the entire week. And so what happened was obviously if you guys saw any of the stuff, Adam Rappaport, who had been the uh, editor in chief of the magazine for 10 years, I think something like that, a decade yeah, a maybe. Time. 
you know, some stuff surfaced, a, a photo kind of surfaced, but apparently it had been around for a while. But the ire surfaced, I think, as it got posted online of him uh, posing as a Puerto Rican person. Yeah, kind of brown face. Yeah, that's what they call it. And um, he, so, you know, and of course it just was... It was just uh, a moment where people were angry and they couldn't believe it. And he stepped down. I think, too, more than not more than that. But in addition to that, yeah, there had been reports that there had been kind of a white person toxic culture at Bon Appetit where they were asking people of color to do things that they weren't getting paid for. Well, Soleil, I mean, Soleil, if you guys watch the videos, I think you and I have not gotten so into the videos. My daughter and Sadie and the 20-year-olds are are all in on the BA kitchen. 100%. I know. And that's because they are like, and it's Molly Bez and it's like Claire. Ellie acts like they're her friends. Oh, I know. And that's the thing is like that, that is what happened over this last year. I mean, I think it was within the last two years that they've really got the test kitchen kind of rolling and they created those personalities. They didn't create those personalities. They let the people who were in the test kitchen, their personalities become personas, which has never been done before at Bon Appetit. It's always just been about the recipes, not about the people. So the evolution of this video culture, you know, stepped up. And then having Soleil, who is this, uh, you know, uh, really smart and good cook in the kitchen, who is always kind of in the background, you know, and I don't know what her ethnicity is, but she she's uh, not a white person. And she um, she would come in and they were all the all the people were like, wow, she saves them every time they mess something up. So like steps in and saves them. Well, apparently she wasn't getting paid to be on camera. She was told to sort of be there and be in the background and then they were photoshopping other women of color into you know group shots to make it seem like they had the diverse kitchen but oh, they, that's weird i know there was one woman i can't remember her name hassan i think she uh she had done some things and they fo- she did like one uh she did like one project for them and then they photoshopped her into a group shot of the kitchen hmm. and she was the only brown person and it's just sort of like come on you know yeah, i so, think it's compounded. Yes. And I'll he's the leader. You got to take when you're the leader, you're supposed to take responsibility for the team. Well, and if you read, I mean, the thing is, is he was also sort of he was one of those bro dudes. He was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all the and I have, you know, we have a friend uh, that we know who is, has New York media roots. And he was like, you know, he was a nice guy. But yeah kind of a thing you know mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure he was nice to the nice guys to the guys um and i don't think that i'm not trying to make excuses but i will tell you this to me the bigger problem is new york media is so insular and it's because they don't pay anybody anything they and then they expect you to be able to just sort of like have a job for no money and who can do that okay. white trust fund babies <laughs> and this sounds maybe you'll maybe take offense at this but isn't kind of just media in general sort of insular? I'm not sure if it's exclusive to New York. Yeah, no, no. New York is, I, I mean, I think New York is specific. Like, if you look at, I guarantee you this, Linda Quinn Scala or whatever her name is of mm-hmm. the the boy, what's that book we like? Uh, hungry hungry Boys. Yeah, or, or something hungry like that. Hungry Man Kitchen. Men something. Hungry, whatever. Feeding Hungry Men. Um, and then even Molly Ye, you know, up in uh, yep. up in the far reaches. These are people who. Why do they have book deals? Look at their look at where they come from. They are from publishing. It is like the biggest. So people go. They 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 don't need to work because they are paid for by their parents. And then they get a job in publishing. Right. And then they work a couple of years in the publishing biz. And then they hook up to their connections. And then they go out and they have a book deal. And that's how that works.
Every time. I mean, if you look through, there's especially Condé Nast. There is a huge trail of people who have book deals and book, you know, especially food books and careers. And it's because they worked at Condé Nast. That's it. So there's no chance for anyone to break in, you know? So it's kind of tough. So anyway, that's what happened at Bon Appetit. (laughs) Well, and it was a lot because I think we're just going to see, and it's time. We're yeah. going to see a reckoning. We're going to see people taking a look at their companies. We're going to see a push for more diversity in content as well as in employment. And it's time. Yeah. Well, and this is, and so basically I had, uh, I finally sent an email to my, those editors, you know, on Thursday after not hearing anything from them for the entire week. And I just said, Hey, you guys have had a big week. (laughs) You know, I'm sure, I don't know if you want to keep editing things or, you know, I'm like, how are you? Are you doing well? And they said, uh, the woman who I'm emailing with, she said, you know, and she used to have my job in Atlanta. She Mm -hmm. used to be a city magazine person in Atlanta. So she's like, I know we, we kind of like have one of those we get each other. But she said that it's been a really rough week. There's been more meetings than she's ever had in her entire life. And they stopped publishing anything. They just put a stop on everything and all content was just sort of up, whatever was, was. Um, and she said they did a bunch of meetings and you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are gone. She said for whoever's left, we feel really good about how we can possibly go forward from here. So I think there was a lot of people on the inside. In fact, um, Alex Lau, who was their photographer, he said, I have tried so hard for years and years to push this in the right direction from the inside. And he's like, but the top, it just, you know, it was like hitting against a wall. And so for them to say that now that the people on the inside maybe have more control, you know, I mean, that letter that went out or that, you know, post that they did that was from the staff, that is unheard of in Condé Nast culture to to give the staff the podium. It's funny, not like funny, haha, but funny. Interesting. Interesting. That it it all coalesced around food. Like, again, food is able to push open this door yeah. and to create a cast a wider lens mm-hmm. to. I mean, we're eating all kinds of food. We are not just eating what would be. I don't even know what you would call white people food, because I don't know that such a thing even really like exists, really. Yeah. If you look at culturally well, I mean, how food French. has come to America. <laughs> you want to get into German and French and, you know, there's European and then there's, but American specifically is not, I mean, we are a mess. We are a lovely mess. And no Absolutely. one's saying that you shouldn't be able to cook tamales. No one is saying that. What they're saying is you sh- if you're talking about them and you're representing them in a public space, you should then at least represent their history better. And food is a great opening to that doorway, right? Yeah. Because everything on our plate is sort of came from somewhere, a lot of it indigenous in its nature. Oh my God. And it's a pretty easy conversation to have. Yeah. Well, and it's more interesting anyway. You know, in my mind, you know, the the whole Allison Roman bit about, you know, this. What happened to her? (laughs) Are we ever going to hear from her again? She started a newsletter. Uh, a personal newsletter. So she's now taking Selling newsletters. Well, it's not, there's no, it's not a money thing yet. She's just started to do a newsletter that she's going to put recipes on. I signed up because of course it's, you know, it's part of news too. Sure. But, um, I don't know. She's not going to be, I mean, she's definitely on break at New York times. She's clearly not going to be welcome back at Bon Appetit. Right. Um, and you know what? Maybe this is what she should do. She has a huge fan base. She should maybe, you know, Be market her herself in her own ways. Patreon. Yeah. And I hope that she does. Uh, I hope that she does learn from things and not call things stew when it's a curry. Like she had an opportunity <laughs> 
to not just call it the stew and maybe make it a little bit more of like, so this is a curry that I call the stew because this is what it means to me. But like curries traditionally, if I'm teaching you about how to put these things together, that's the difference. If you're giving someone a recipe and you're teaching them how to do it, you should be teaching the full thing. If you're representing, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like for me, when I put stuff up, I'm just telling you, these are the things that I throw together. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to, I'm not representing anything. Everyone I think knows our recipes are a little (laughs) bit of this and a little (laughs) bit of that. Right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You guys, when we come back, we're going to talk about the restaurant dining in patio situation that has evolved here in the Twin Cities. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I just want to tell you how glad I am that we have a resource for farmers and food and agriculture in Minnesota. We are so lucky. It's one of the biggest things that our state is known for. And sometimes I feel like we don't get a chance to actually talk to farmers and find out what they're doing. And Common Ground, Minnesota is a, is, is a place on Facebook where you can ask questions about how your food is grown right here from local farmers. These are women who are volunteering their time to answer your questions to engage in conversations. Plus, they'll show you cute farm pictures of their dogs. I mean, what's better than that? And they post recipes. What could be better than that? Common Ground Minnesota is a resource for you guys, and it's all volunteer-led. And I just encourage everybody, if you're curious about your food and where it comes from and the farming that is going on in Minnesota, you want to get to Common Ground Minnesota on Facebook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today on this lovely summer weekend. Um, Okay, so the big news, of course, this week is that uh, restaurants... Got to open up. Yes. And doors and patios. Patios were open since the June 1st. And then, uh, or they were allowed to. And then as of June 10th, um, which was Wednesday, people, I'm still like, hello, what day was it? Uh, I know it feels like it's it's, been 10 years. I know already. But, you know, uh, many, many restaurants in the Twin Cities were allowed to open their their insides, 50% capacity up to 250 people, which is of course ridiculous, but that's more about like wedding venues and things. Yep. Um, and, uh, but 50% capacity, six feet within distance tables. Um, yeah. Servers and masks. Servers and masks. Uh, recommended for guests, but I feel like that's a huge recommendation. Yeah. So, you and I both went out. I mean, you had already gone out to a patio. It, funny, too. If you had asked me a month ago, like, oh, I was like, I'm you, not going anywhere. You now were like, I've been out like four times. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you yep. were like the most militant to me. And then, yep. and then you're like, oh, we're at Moscow. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay. And, uh, and then I was like, your Instagram was like, bing, 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 bing. Yep. I'm like, okay, so you're out. And so let's talk about it, though, because, yeah. I went uh, that the day that it was the first, you know, the open day was Wednesday. And I basically made a reservation for lunch at Six Smith. And I made an outdoor patio because I thought I'll just do a patio and then I'll see what they look like inside. I don't have to be inside. But the weather was not cooperating. And so they closed the patio. So I was sort of like, they're like, and they called ahead of time and said, "Would is it okay if you come inside or if you don't? That's really respectful. I know. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can come inside. And because it was early too. I knew that at 1130, there wasn't going to be like a ton of people in there. And there wasn't. I was the first person in there. So I sat and I saw that there was a table by the open door. And I was like, oh, can I sit by the door? <laughs> like airflow is key right now. And and it was great. And it was, you know, I wrote a little blog about it. And I think, um, I don't know if I shared it or not um, on our on our page, but I'll put it up there. Um, but it was, it was, it was 
It was everything. I mean, like, it was exactly like they did all the right things in terms of, you know, they came to the table and our server stood, you know, far enough away from us. He had a mask on. We had our masks on when he came and when we were talking. And then when he came back, we took them off, you know, or we took them off when he went away. I didn't put them on every single time he came back, but it was, you know, kind of in the beginning. And then if we got up to walk through the restaurant, we did put it on. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, it felt weird. We all felt weird. But yet we were all, I don't know, it felt like also normal. Moscow on the Hill felt pretty normal. They have a big outdoor patio, server in a mask, limited, limited, but still quite a big food menu. What was interesting was as the rain started, like half the restaurant was already seated inside. So I think it kind of was like this sliding into Wednesday opening thing, which Uh is fine. Um. So that was that experience, and it was really good to be out with people. Mm-hmm. Then the Lex went to their patio, and they were really being conscientious. That was the first place I saw a bartender yeah, and people sitting at a bar. I haven't seen that yet. That felt weird, yeah. and they were not masked sitting at the bar, but was the bartender was masked. Or up on the outside, rooftop? up on the rooftop. Okay. And the bartender was masked, and all the servers and the host, and they were being very conscientious about our experience, mm-hmm. really... I appreciated. Then um, the next place was uh, I went to Urban Growler last night for yeah. fish fry. Yeah. They like the whole thing is redone. It's all outside. You order at a stand that someone's behind it with plexiglass. Everyone is wearing masks. You bus your own like dishes. It was so conscientious. It was the most conscientious place I've been. Yeah. And we were like, oh, wow. And you sat in the parking lot. Their tables were so far apart. They probably could have put in more tables, but they, they just it were... was very socially distanced. Yeah. So that was that. And then Bad Weather Brewing, great experience. Like, but what I, and Waldman Brewing too, another great experience. I've been out a lot. You have been out <laughs> a lot. What's the wow. overall thing I would say? Oh, Patrick McGovern's. Yeah. Most people not in masks. The employees are all wearing masks everywhere. They have so, to. And, and by the way, if you put a picture of somebody like everybody is like, what, are they wearing masks? Are they wearing, like the mask shaming can just be done. <laughs> yeah. Like well. it's a it's it's a respectful thing to do. There are a lot of people not wearing masks. I am personally wearing a mask at most places or all places, but. I'm sitting at my table. I'm not wearing a mask, right? right. Because I'm eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. So let's just, can we just be done with the mask shaming all over Facebook? I'm getting really tired of that. Yeah. You have to make decisions about what you are personally comfortable with. Some places are more attuned than others and everyone's doing the, what's being asked of them, but some people are doing more. Right. And you also have to just decide like, and this is the case. I think, uh, we ended, I did end up going to pig at my pizza as well. That evening I went with my mom who is 80 and, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, in the higher risk category and I, we went there and it was, it's a walk-up window. It's the same thing. It's like, there are places like lat 14 who have decided that this is just going to be a picnic situation. We're going to provide you places to sit, you know, and sort of monitor that, but we're not going, and no one's going to come to your table. And so that was a different thing. And I thought that was good too, is like, basically she could come in. We, we made a reservation. We sat down at the table that we picked 
And then she sat there and then I went up to this, to the, yeah. you know, I went up to go order. I went to go get the drinks. I went to go get the food and come back and sit down. And then, yeah. And then nobody came to our table and then we busted. We had a great time. It was lovely and it was perfect. And it was like, nobody came over. Nobody breathed on us. You know, it was a beautiful windy day. And I thought that is a perfect experience. And that was still, we had a cocktail. We had somebody made us hot food. It was great. The cocktail thing. Like, boy, did I miss a cocktail yes. when I got a, I think it was like a, it was something with gin and a basil leaf and some lemon lime. I can't remember the name of the drink that I got at the Lex, but it came in like a coupe glass and they set it down. And you were like, oh my God, oh, I remember that. That's so pretty. But so, and here's the thing is like, I, so as I put up this blog that was like, wow, I had some great experiences and here's what's what. And then, you know, immediately people were like, well, that's, and that's not what I saw. And I saw so much, you know, non-social distancing and people were at each other's tables. And, 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 you know, we had a, I had a friend, Dougie, you know, at Ocean Air, he was sort of like, you know, we had people coming in at like nine, you know, almost at closing and saying, oh, my friend's on their way. Can't we just sit, you know, so. Uh, what I want to tell you guys is that th- it will be different. It's a hundred percent different. And there's you, what you're going to have to do is figure out where your comfort levels are. Are you more comfortable at a fast casual place like Piggy My Pizza, where you can like pop Order in and then sit at a table, or are you more like, eh, we're good. I, you know, like I saw my buddies. I saw Cowboy Slims last night. You know, there was a huge ten top up there, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, so. It, it, you're going to have to make your choices. You're going to have to decide where your levels are and then look and see these places and act accordingly. And to be clear, coronavirus is still out there. Yeah. People are still going to get sick. Yeah. There are still people that are going to catch it. We're seeing waves in other parts of the country that opened earlier, kind of spiking again. And I don't know what to say about that because we're trying to walk this line of safety and uh, personal responsibility and that's I think the experience I had. Yeah. I mean and, and I would tell you guys like just remember to be kind out there. We'll be right back. Hello everybody and welcome back to the weekly dish. Uh we are here and we are talking about an event that we're excited has pivoted from an in-person parking lot event at Bethel Synagogue. It's called Common Sound to a virtual event. And I'm pleased to talk today with Ann Lasky. She's the coordinator at Second Harvest Heartland for engagement. Hi, Ann. How you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm great. How are you? I am great. And Common Sound is a fun music event that basically is the goal is to kind of just bring different uh, people of different faiths all together um, last year they had um, Doomtree play, and it's just a great fundraiser that they do at Bethel. And obviously with coronavirus, it wasn't able to happen in the same fashion. So they pivoted, and they're doing a virtual video show. And what can you tell us about it? Yeah, we are so excited. So like you said, they've partnered now with Twin Cities Film Fest, and they've produced a compilation of recorded music video performances from Amazing artists, Doom Trees back. They're they're on the, they're participating this year, um, and they also created a kids version as well. So they have two different musical experiences that you can purchase and watch from your home. I have gotten a preview of the kids version, and it is a ton of fun. So I'm really excited about it. I got a preview of the adult version, and I have to say, anything that starts with my my friend Jeremy Messersmith, I'm all in. Right? Yes, I um, can't wait to see it. 
so how does this work? So you you can go online and you can buy your virtual pass, and I think it's eleven dollars, mm-hmm. and then you can yeah. watch it. But what? How does this tie back into Minnesota Central Kitchen? Yeah, so the proceeds from this Common Sound Virtual Festival will support Minnesota Central Kitchen um, with just the purchase of an $11 ticket that's helping provide meals um, to kids and families in our community who, especially now during coronavirus, are experiencing food insecurity maybe for the first time. So supporting Minnesota Central Kitchen, um, you know, in the past three months, they've mobilized and created this organization that's helping feed our community in the meals. So this fundraiser is directly supporting this growing need for meals through Minnesota Central Kitchen. And how long have you been at Second Harvest? I've been here about two and a half years. Okay, so I'm I'm feeling like and I'm hearing that people are experiencing food insecurity in a way that we've never seen in the Twin Cities before. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, We've, oh go ahead. No, I want to hear from you. Yeah, we've We've heard from our food shelf partners and agency partners who we serve that they're seeing double the demand and oftentimes triple the demand. And beyond that, many who are coming to their doors are asking for help for the first time. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's startling. And it's yeah. people that maybe have never been food insecure and they're learning to mm-hmm. access your resources for the first time. Minnesota yep. Central Kitchen kind of sprung up out of the pandemic and restaurants having pantries full of food. How has it evolved from sort of that initial crisis time to today? Yeah, so it's grown exponentially in just these three months. It's pretty amazing. So it started right away with Chow Girls Killer Catering um, coming to Second Harvest, sharing that, you know, their business has declined because of COVID-19 and they have the resources um, and the food to really help feed the community. So we joined together and Loaves and Fishes, our amazing food distribution partner, came on board right away in March. And since then, we now have five kitchen sites throughout the metro. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota Central, over 100 food service workers. So it helps fill that need of unemployment. Um, and then in just these three months, it's helped distribute over 428,000 meals. Oh, that's so, that's a lot. Um, lot, if, yeah. if someone is food insecure and they're listening right now and they're not knowing really where their next paycheck or their meal is coming, how do they like, how does a regular person access your services? Yeah. So you can go to our website. It's to harvest.org and we have resources to link you to our food shelf partners and meal sites. Loaves and Fishes has 30 meal sites and it's simple as walking up to their door. You know, there's no metric on uh, who can get help. It's anybody, you know, um, Kat Mays is the executive director at Loaves and Fishes, and she received a phone call a couple weeks ago from a woman, um, lives in the West Side suburbs, and she was calling. She's a mom of, I think it was four kids, and she was simply asking, you know, where can I get a warm meal for my family, or, you know, how can I take that step? And Kathy said that she can come to the, the Hopkins site and get as many meals as she needs for her family. And Kathy shared with us, which was just touching with me, that this woman, you know, she must have said thank you 10 times. Yeah. And she was sobbing. And, you know, it's, there's no barrier. This simple. We, we hope that folks can connect with our food shop partners um, to get whatever they need because we're here to help. 
I love it. And I love that common sound, the video that you watch, it's like an hour long and there's different, and it's not live mm-hmm. performances, it's videos. So the quality on it is actually really good. Davina and the Vagabonds had a, her and her husband laying in bed singing, which was super cute. Um, when when you get there, you can either do the adult version or the kids version. And the kids version has some original um, music performed in her living room, actually, by Lisa Loeb. It's oh, really quite cool. Yeah, cute. Um, so I like the way that they did it. And thank you for being part of Common Sound and just for all that you're doing at the food shelf there. We are experiencing, again, just food insecurity like nobody has seen in the Twin Cities before. And I really admire all the work that you guys are doing to just make sure that people are getting fed because there's nothing that is more destabilizing than not just being able mm-hmm. to feel like you can feed your kids, right? So true. Yeah. Thank you. Thank absolutely. you so much for being with us today, Anne. Thanks, we'll, Anne. We'll put a link up Thank to you for having where, me. yeah, absolutely. We'll put a link up to where you guys can get this video. Again, it's 11 bucks. It's a fun hour. It's entertainment. It's something good. new to do. And they really just did a good job. Avi uh, Olitsky, the rabbi over at Bethel, has... Food is the way to his heart, so he has shared a lot of uh, his time and energy and talent. So Yeah, and you know, I know a lot of people think that because they saw... I mean, one of the things that is, is interesting to me is so many people said, uh, oh God, well you saw that they got 30,000 bags at the Sanford Middle School that week, and you know, they're kind of like... They think that... And then I heard that there's sites that aren't taking any more donations, and I'm like, it's not done. It's not over. They filled all the need with that. Like they filled need with that. And then the need continues. People, people still become hungry. Like they're still hungry. It's not like it's over. And it's it's sustained, right? So like one weekend you have tons of food. Well, then that food like has to get made into other things or given to people. (laughs) And now there's no food again. Right. So just remember that when, you know, it's kind of like there's still a lot of need out there. And because of the fact that, um, you know, I know that there's a couple uh, food shelves that are, you know, Prism is a Golden Valley food shelf Mm -hmm. that, you know, is 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 a source where Second Harvest brings their, you know, food to these guys. But they had said I was talking to someone there and they had said that. You know, the the amount of, because of the unemployment and because of everything else, the amount of need is is higher than you'd think in all areas. Yes. And so a lot of people are more focused on the areas, you know, of the unrest in Minneapolis proper, but it is everywhere. Just like she said, Anne was talking about Kathy Mays from Loaves and Fishes. It's out in the suburbs. Like, it's out by us. And people, you know, who are worried about where, you know, they got furloughed and maybe they can't stretch their dollars mm-hmm. as much as they can. as And so they're worried about it. And Loaves and Fishes particularly is a, a marvelous place where you just show up and eat dinner. Yeah. It's that's just what you do. And that, they don't question, you don't have to apply, you don't have to you don't even have to explain. You just show up, there's dinner. Yeah. And anybody that's out there um that is food insecure, there are times in my life where I've been food insecure, where my family has been food insecure, and there is no shame in that game. No. You just there are people that want to help you and you get out of your own way. You accept the help mm-hmm. and then you pay it forward when you're able to or when you can. And that's how 100%. the system of being a good human being works mm-hmm. and helping others. So yeah. for those of you that can and do, I really appreciate you and how much that you've given. Um, there's been a lot of giving of happened in the Twin Cities over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And for those of you that need it, take the help and, you know, there'll be a chance for you to give back down the road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All right. So. Uh, Stephanie, yeah. I think we have a couple minutes here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to quick 
taste test you. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a There's a local company in town. It is called Pearson's. And <laughs> oh, really? They have the What's nut that? Bitties, they have the bit of honeys. They have the salted nut rolls. And they have this new product called Thins. And I bought each of them. Oh. And I'm going to make a little platter for you. Okay. They're like chocolatey thins. I kind of thought they'd be more like candy. I don't understand what you mean by thin. So it's a thin wafer of chocolate that is designed to taste like the candy bar. Oh. So the mint one tastes like mint. The salted nut rolls taste like salted nut roll. I have we're, We have a plexiglass screen between us, so I'm trying to... I was very excited about them, and I'll be curious to see kind of what your thoughts are, because... So they can't call them shards or anything? No, but they should, because that's what they are. Candy shards. Why do the mint patties have, like, nuts in them? I don't know. They have, like, a crunchy thing to give it some texture, because they don't have, like, a creamy center. I don't get it. I Yeah. I got the bit of honeys because I love a good bit of honey, and I got that one specifically for you. But it's like weird chocolate. No, the reason we love bit of honeys is because it pulls our fillings out of our teeth. Yes, and this is just like weird buttermilky thing. Um, the maple thin nut goodies. No, I'm. I I'm have done. been smelling that maple flavor in my kitchen for a week, and I'm uh, on a one to ten. What do you give them? I'd rather eat the real thing. I don't understand. I, I would. I would only. I would only choose the real thing. Like I, felt, I would happily eat a hundred mint patties. But me too. I'm not eating that. Salted nut roll. I'm all in. The whole point of the salted nut roll is Yay. to have a roll and nuts. Yeah. I guess if that's supposed to be like a sweet treat, uh, it's a two for me. I totally am with you. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. Yeah. Because I like the candy, but these shard chocolate things, no good. It's a shard. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You guys, when we come back, we're going to have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So I'm going to give you the numbers. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We wanted to let you know this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071 is the number to give us a call. And let us know if you have some experiences at patios you want to talk about, some questions uh, You're wondering about, about what's open. Steph did a yeah. great list. I just put the list up on the uh, the Facebook page. So if you want to look at it, we just kind of went through and did the takeout guide, but then added indoor and patio references to each thing so that if they are open um you can you can figure that out um hey speaking of patios and everything else quickly i did want to touch back on something Uh that was about the fact that um i kind of wanted to make sure that we understood that one of the things that uh you know some people are saying that it's it's some places are out of control and they're not social distancing and they're saying you know like i wouldn't go out there just remember too that this is all up to us like we're the ones who have to be good at this like this is more these restaurants are trying to survive and they're trying to you know follow all the rules so it's up to us to also follow the rules and not try to push for longer times we didn't talk really about the time limits but there are two 75 minutes or 90 minutes those are the two sort of standards that you're supposed to allow for reservations and that's partly because of you know the time limits like time spent is a factor in the spread of the virus and then the other thing is that you have to remember that the servers now have to clean your entire table in between yeah. your turn. So 
once you get up, they have to now disinfect the chairs, the table, everything else, and reset the entire thing. So you've it's a new process and it takes time and it's a whole different thing for them so being respectful of being like if they come up to your table and say hey you know what i'm sorry to let you here's your check you know we've got about 10 more minutes before you know we have to kind of turn the table it's not up to us to say like but i'm not done i wanted another drink this is not that time that time it comes later you have to be respectful of them i think yep don't you agree six five one six four one one oh seven one we do have a couple questions here that have come in Steph. okay um where would you recommend someone find the best bagels and locks uh i think that's there anywhere there's bagels there's locks <laughs> pretty much i mean burgers has bagels and locks and their locks is good it's fine yeah i guess we don't i you know anywhere there's bagels i've always because are your favorite bagels like rise bagel bakery is that one that you like sure sure um i'm not i don't you know i guess i don't know uh i don't eat a lot of bagels anymore i used to eat burgers and i'm not yeah. ashamed to tell you that i that's where i get, get the I like bagels. bagels st too. paul bagelry there's you know peggy yeah. teed she's one of my favorite bagel places and i pick up her bagels and get them you know, and have them in my fridge and they have locks. I would say that that's probably my favorite place is the St. Paul Bagelry, which is in Minneapolis as well. Yep. On Nicolette. Um, do you, another question that came in that was separate that came in on Twitter. Do you know a place that has stracciatella gelato, not the ice cream? This is something you get in Italy all over. It's the white gelato. And then it has ribbons of that hard, like magic shell ice cream throughout it. Have you <laughs> had this shells Italian? <laughs> well, that's the best way I have to describe it. But it's it is delicious. I used to have it all over when I was in Italy. But no, I don't I know no anybody idea. that. I mean, there used to be a good gelato place in the Mall of America. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, I don't know. Quite honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Okay, I wouldn't know. So Maybe I'm if anyone is a find... caller who knows who has seen it. I feel like I feel like there was. Um, Sunny's had it. That's what I'm thinking. But I don't, you know, that's where I would think that that I would get is that Sunny's ice cream uh, in Minneapolis. I think they would have it. I think they have had it in the past, but I don't know if they, the, uh, does Sweet Science have it? It's not gelato. No, they have ice cream, but they don't have gelato. Okay. Yeah. Um, here I mean, is a shout out. We did a referral for Tammy. She said, earlier this year, pre-COVID, I asked for a catering referral for a board meeting and you recommended Chow Girls. Thank you. My board meeting was Wednesday and Lindsay made sure we had a terrific formal meal of steak and salmon delivered to our office in downtown St. Paul. All COVID requirements were followed. We were very impressed. We also enjoyed the leftovers. I already have Chow Girls booked for our December meeting. I told them I would refer them whenever, wherever we can and that I heard about them on the weekly dish. So that's nice. Good. Thank you. Very nice. I always appreciate that. Our friends at Chow Girls, obviously, we just talked about them being part of the setup of the Minnesota Central Kitchen. Um, Phil has a question. What's the most diverse appetizer selection at a restaurant that you enjoy? Oh, my answer is going to be really disappointing (laughs) because I do love a good appetizer, but... Like, I like chicken wings. I like nachos. I like potato skins. I like want, cream cheese wontons. Like, I like all You like tavern of that. Yes. appetizers. Those are the kind of appetizers I like. So where's, what's your answer? Oh, um, in the best, like, uh, well, I was just at McGovern's and ate potato skins the yeah. other day and they were real good. You know what? That's a really hard question to answer because that's so, like, diverse appetizer selection to me is like, 
That's, I don't know, it's almost like too vague. In a okay, Crave way. has really amazing appetizers. Do they? I do love the ahi crisps that they have at Red Cow. That's one of my favorite appetizers. Also, it's hard because I don't, like, I haven't been looking at menus. I haven't been eating out. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, you know, and now since we left restaurants, which was in March, and now we're in June, that's a whole, for a lot of a those places, is- the season has completely turned, and a lot of places are very small in there. You know, I, I would say at Six Smith, there's there's a ton same That's with Baltimore. Pajarito, yeah. I like their chips where you get like the five different salsas. Yeah. Wow, it's tough. I love their queso. Yeah. Queso fundito. Yep, that's always good. I don't good. even know if it's still on the menu. Right. I know. Well, appetizers. appetizers. A lot of people like to eat appetizers as like the meal. That's yeah, what you there's do. There's like a whole movie about When that. you're like my step or my mother-in-law. Yeah. She just eats the appetizers. I don't know. There is that is one of the things that is also different at restaurants right now is like their menus are having to be Well, it's weird because then uh, you know when I was we were sitting at Six Smith and that menu was the entire huge menu and I thought how are they even doing how do you prep for that entirely huge menu and then you know only at 50% capacity how do you midi- how do you I know. know, I was wondering the same thing. Some people are full menu. Other people's it's just scaled down and skinny menus. Yeah. And then I and I would say that if you were a smaller because then you're also, by the way, juggling takeout because you have to juggle takeout because you can't not you can't give up takeout right now. Yeah. People are going to continue with the takeout, which I really appreciate because there are a lot of people that don't feel good about going into a restaurant because their personal health situation. Yeah. So it's nice that the takeout thing is. This is true. All right. Well, there we go for our first hour of the weekly dish. Hopefully you guys uh, were entertained as you were. Um, We're going to come back in the second hour with a lot of good stuff. So stay tuned for that second hour. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk. One Oh seven one. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And right now you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.